welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Um, I'm excited to be here. Are you excited to be here? It's a great day to be in church. Um, Anybody have a crazy morning? Yeah, us too. Yeah, you know, we got kids, um, had some pain, tried to infiltrate the body of Rachel, which I believe she is healed from. We just took communion. And, but you know, things don't always go according to plan. <laughs> it's important and imperative that we remain flexible, right? You know, Jesus had a lot of instances where things didn't go according to plan. But it's amazing to read and see how he maneuvered through those circumstances. Circumstances, And he constantly had people who would just bark right in the middle of his sermon. That's pretty rude, huh? But you know what? Jesus is our excellent example. So next time somebody barks at you, maybe this week, just tell them, I 1 Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, you. And if you don't know what that means, I encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. But that is not my message today. Um... So last time I was up here two weeks ago, I just have to make mention of my prophetic gift. Um, I said it wouldn't get above 90 after uh, that storm we had two weeks ago on Sunday. And I'd just like to say, you heard it here first, did not get above 90. Um, You're welcome. Um, I had some debate with the youth about it. They're wrong. Um, So I just wanted to make mention of that. And uh, no, (laughs) I just want to make you laugh because it's good to laugh. A joyful heart does good like a medicine. One of the best things you can do if you need healing is laugh. Laugh. Amen? All right, can anybody guess what I'll be talking about today? Favor. Favor. Not flavor, but favor. Yes, yes, we are talking about favor. And I ask this almost every time, but how many of you could use some more favor in your life? Amen? Amen. Me too. what, What was the... Uh, title of my last message. Does anybody remember? Faithful. It was on faithfulness. Right, right, right. So it was favor for the faithful or favor to the faithful. Something like that. Um, favor to the faithful. And we talked about faithfulness. Well, we're not going to talk about faithfulness today, but we're going to kind of piggyback off of that message. So I'm not going to rehash what I said two weeks ago. So if you weren't here, please go listen to the archive on the website. That's why we have it. So that way you can understand more of what's being said today. And we could all use more word in our life. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to our um, scripture that we've been basing all this off of Hebrews 4.16 out of the New King James. Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us therefore Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. I've said this before, but in case you're new, uh, the word grace in this passage can also be translated favor. It's the same Greek word used to translate both grace and favor. So um, we need to come boldly to the throne of favor if we what? Need favor, right? We shouldn't run away from the throne of favor. We need to run towards the throne of favor. 
Did you know favor is found in his presence? So if you need more favor, guess what? You need to welcome his presence more into your life. His presence automatically brings with him his favor. You cannot separate his presence from his favor. Amen? So wherever his favor is, he's there. And wherever he is, his favor is. And last time I read the book, it said that he would never leave you nor forsake you. So what does that mean? Favor will never leave you nor forsake you. But that only applies if you're a Christian. If you're born again, child of God. That doesn't apply to everybody, but that applies to people who've made Jesus their Lord and Savior. I'm talking to a few of them today, right? So isn't that great? Where you go tomorrow, when you go to work, if you go to the store, the park, whatever, wherever you go, you have favor following you, in you, around you. The question is, are we accessing it? Well, it's hard to access something we're not aware of, right? We need to constantly be aware that favor is around us. Amen? All right, so we're, like I said, we're going to piggyback off of the faithful message. And um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 4. This was actually my last scripture um, for the uh, last message, but I have never actually got to it. <laughs> I never got to it. Um, so we're going to get to it this morning, amen? amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found, what? That one be found what? That one be found what? One be found what? Faithful. Faithful. So the title of my message today is A Servant's Heart and a Life of Favor. A Servant's Heart and a Life of Favor. I think we should pray. Make sure we are ready to receive this word. Amen? All right. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for equipping us. We thank you for strengthening us, guiding us into all truth. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for a great day and a great time. And Lord, we thank you for this moment. There will never be another service like this, Lord. We thank you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So a servant's heart... Think about it. A servant's heart is what propelled Jesus to the most favorable position in the universe. Right? Would you say the right hand of the Father is the most favorable spot to be in? I would say so. <laughs> like I said earlier in the communion, everything is under his feet. Everything except one, the Father. Everything else, every other created being is under his feet. And like I said, you are seated with him at that spot in heavenly places. So a servant's heart propelled Jesus to the most favorable position in the universe, the right hand of the Father. So if that did, if having a servant's heart did that for him, what can it do for you? Having a servant's heart will unlock doors of favor for you that you never even dreamed you could walk through. I said, that, I said that and it like dropped like a lead balloon. Okay, okay, I'm gonna say it again. 
If you take up the same heart, you will unlock doors of favor you never even dreamed you could walk through. Because he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. Think of it as a servant's heart as the key that unlocks that door. And, And what does our scripture say? As servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God, as a steward, it, it is required that you are faithful. So faithfulness and servanthood go hand in hand. You cannot be a godly servant without being faithful, and you cannot be in faithfulness without having a servant's heart. They go hand in hand. I mean, think about this. You are a steward. A steward is like a manager, right? That's another, another word that can be used as manager. You are not only a servant of Christ, but you are a manager of the mysteries of God. What? You are a manager of the mysteries of God? Did you know you have like all knowledge on the inside of you? Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Now, are you going to be able to access all of it? Or is he going to tell you everything while you're down here? No. Truthfully, it might be a million years from now. We might still not be able to grasp everything that he has for us, right? but you are a manager of the mysteries of God. Wow. That means if somebody has a question about God, you have the answers. You have the answers. Start acting like you have the answer. That's a word for me too. I have the answer. I need to stop being afraid about people asking me about my God and all that. No, 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 no. the words that I need to speak will happen as soon as I need to speak them. And that's for you too. If somebody tries to ask you a difficult, hard question, you might have to write in the sand for a second. But you have the mysteries of God on the inside of you. You have all knowledge on the inside of you. And guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you all things. Amen? We need to get rolling here because we got the Connection Expo. Uh, Miss Carla had to sing songs like five times, so I need to move it here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's Miss Carla. She can do whatever she wants, right? And you needed to get loud this morning. Because it's okay to get loud. The enemy likes to be the louder voice. But that doesn't mean he's the biggest voice. We need to open our mouths and get loud because then we have the biggest voice. Amen? Because we are children of the Most High God. And you need to get loud more than just on Sunday mornings. You need to get loud on Tuesday evenings, Thursday mornings. When stuff tries to come against you, you need to get loud. Amen? Amen. People are over there breathing like, oh, yeah, we're going to get loud here. And say, well, hold on. All right, so I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn, own horn here. But I I can honestly tell you that I'm here talking to you today because of a servant's heart. I'm, like I said, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm not, I'm just letting you know from where I was at to where I am now, the difference is the heart. And I had to choose to have a heart of a servant. Whatever needed done, I was going to do it here. Um, when I was debating on whether I was going to go to Bible college or not, it was a big, big, or any college for that um, instance, I, I, it was a big deal to me. I, I wanted to, 
to do something, and Lord, what do you want me to do? And I never got the okay to go. And I felt like I was just supposed to stay here and help Pastor John and Miss Carla. And that, I didn't like that at the time because all my friends were going to college. I thought I was supposed to go to college and the Lord had different plans. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, what am I gonna do? So I had to get a job, ended up working in the car industry of all industries. Knew nothing about cars. I'm like, really, Lord? I can I can't even change my own oil. What is oil? <laughs> and you want me to go in that industry? Yeah, but you know what? It taught me a lot. Kind of probably how carpentry taught Jesus a lot. And I'm not hating on school or dissing. You, you need to listen to the Lord. If he tells you to go, then you go. But if he tells you to stay, then you stay. It's all a matter of obedience. Stop comparing your story to somebody else's story. It's your story. It's your life, what he wants you to do. And he's God. He can tell you to do whatever he wants you to do, right? But it's for your benefit. His perfect, his perfect will for your life is perfect. So I stayed and I served and served and served here at the church, served on my job faithfully, and I learned a lot. And one thing the Lord put on my heart is that I needed to realize that learning is a lifetime project. And so I started learning on my own. Um, leadership, Bible, um, everything that I could. I, self-learned. And um, I'm here where I, I am where I am today. And a lot of you are where you are today because you had a heart of a servant. Amen? Amen? See, that sounds opposite and contrary to what we're taught in the world, right? We're taught to grind. We're taught to, you know, not help the other person, right? But to use them as a stepping board into the next realm of our life, Right? No, 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 no. That's not what we're called to be, right? We're called to be servants. Amen? Let's see what Jesus had to say about it. Let's go to Matthew 20, 25 through 28. I'm going to read out of uh, the Passion Translation. Matthew 20, 25. It says, uh, well, probably most of you don't have the Passion, so you can just look up. Uh, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, okay, so real quick, uh, the sons of thunder, in this instance, I think it was them or his mom, somebody, they were all in cahoots, but they, were, they wanted to ask, or they did ask Jesus actually, hey, hey, hey what's it gonna take for um, the sons of thunder to sit at the right and left hand of Jesus? That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty big ask, right? But what are they thinking? They're still in the old mindset. See, if I'm up there, I'm important. See, if I'm up there, I can bark orders and tell people what to do and have people massage my feet. But what, what's Jesus' answer? He said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. Verse 26, but this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. <laughs> so pretty much everything you've seen up to this point, 
trash. I'm about to tell you what it means to be a true leader in the kingdom of God. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to what? Serve. 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 27, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the what? The heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. I'd say that's pretty plain, right? Plain and simple. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be great, you'll be the greatest servant of all. That's what Jesus became a servant when he came to this earth. We don't even, we can't even imagine and comprehend what he left. I mean, it's literally like us compared to like an ant. Like everything he had is like us and what he gave up and he became like an ant. He gave up so much. We can't even grasp what he gave up to do what he did but he did it because he loved you and he loved me. So the enemy has done a really good job of tainting servanthood, hasn't he? See, I bet you when I said the word servant or servanthood, you were probably thinking of the word slavery. Similar, right? He has tainted servanthood with slavery and slavery is where people are forced to do things, right? And I'm thinking to myself, why has he attacked servanthood? I mean, throughout the history of mankind, right? There's been slavery, I mean, since history's been recorded. It's because servanthood is the lifestyle in the kingdom of God. Being a servant is it the lifestyle in the kingdom of God. He knows all about being a servant because he was one at one point. And he knows if he can get you out of servanthood, he can get you out of favor. Amen? Um, I encourage everybody to watch it if you haven't, but Jesse Duplantis's, um, um sermon on heaven, it's called Close Encounters of the God Kind. It's an older one, but it, it's one of the first sermons um, I ever heard even before I started coming to this church um, through a word of faith preacher. It was that sermon. And it, it touched me, and it still touches me to this day every time I listen to it, but something that he brought out was that um, he was in the throne room, and um, he, he saw you know, the throne, God sitting on it, but he didn't see the, 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 the elders. You know, in the book of Revelation, there's 24 elders sitting around. Well, they weren't in their thrones at that point when he was up there. And I think when he left the throne room, he asked David or the angel that was walking him around, hey, where are the elders at? Why weren't they sitting on their thrones? He said, Jesse, they're out in the city serving. He said, we are all servants here. We are all servants here. So get this, you are a servant the rest of your existence. You will always be a servant. And I suggest you learn how to be a servant here because if you don't learn it here, you're gonna learn it there. Because it will be your lifestyle. And guess what, if that sounds oppressive to you, it's not, you just need mind renewed, mind renewed in it. 
being a servant, what did Jesus say? It's the, um, it's, has the greatest honor and authority in the universe. Being, having a servant's heart gets you places in life that no other thing can. Why? Because it's the heart of Jesus. It's his heart. Amen? So think of it like this. I want to continue to differentiate here. A slave has to do something, but a servant gets to do something. I'm going to say that again. A slave has to do something. A servant gets to do something. Servants have choices. Okay? I just want to make that clear. (laughs) When I'm talking about servanthood, I'm not talking about slavery. That is a distorted view that the enemy has put into the earth to distort what God has called us to be. Amen? Servants get to do things and servants have choices. Let's take Jesus, for example. He had a choice to be a slave or a servant in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He, he's there, he's sweating drops of blood, and he, he's, he's struggling on whether he wants to go through with this or not. It's a big deal what he's about to do. He's about to not only take on the sins of the world and, and be beaten and and um, mocked and abused and all that, but he, he will be separated from the Father. That's gonna hurt worse than anything else. So he has a choice here. Is he gonna choose to be a slave to the Father's will? Or is he gonna be a servant of it? Is he gonna choose to do it because he has to do it? Or is he gonna choose to do it because he gets to do it. That's a big struggle. And really, there was a third option of, I'm not going to do it at all, call down legions of angels and just end this thing right now. But he had a choice to make. Is he going to be a slave to the Father's will, or is he going to be a servant of it? And I think that's a choice we have to make every day. Are we going to do things because we have to do it? We feel like we have no choice. Are we going to do things because we get to do it? It's an opportunity to do it. You know, you don't have to be in church today. You get to be in church today. You don't have to fulfill your calling. You get to fulfill your calling. You don't have to serve on the helps team. You don't have to join a connection group. You get to do those things, right? You don't have to be married to your spouse. You get to be married to your spouse. You don't have to love your kids. You get to love your kids. I needed help in that last night. (laughs) Lord, help me. But I don't have to do it. I get to do it. This is my choice. And maybe you've you've done things and you feel like you're in a, a position where you don't have a choice. Change your attitude. Change your perspective about it. Talk to God about it. Because you have a choice. Servants have choices. Slaves don't. And I challenge you to be a servant of the Father's will and not a slave to it. And it's all what we decide. Amen? And really, like I said before, his will is perfect. His will, his path for your life is the best path you could take. Let's be a servant of that. Amen? Um, 
we, we talked about it already, but what does it mean to be a leader in the kingdom of God? Chief servant. The higher you go in the kingdom of God, the more of a servant you are. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. The higher you go, the more of a servant you are. The, le- the more um, responsibility you take on, the more you give up your rights to what he wants and to what others need of you, right? So every time you think leader, you think boss, you think manager, what, you, what should you think? Servant. Amen. Servant. If you're an employer, you are chief servant. You are the chief servant. If you're a leader, you are what? Chief servant. Chief servant. I think some of you are picturing like a Native American with a thing. Hey, if you need to picture that, Sean's like, nah, nah. Maybe it's just my heritage. I'm thinking like, I'm chief servant. Oh, I'm chief servant. And really, we're all leaders because we all have influence. You are, every one of us is influencing somebody. Therefore, you're a leader. And therefore, you are what? Chief servant. Chief servant. All right, let's turn to Genesis 24. I think we need to go to a premier story about servanthood. And just some backstory here. This is the story of Rebecca, who later became um, Isaac's wife. Um, but this is how, this is kind of before that. Um, this is Abraham's chief servant who is over all of his things, um, who's in this passage along with Rebecca. Pretty much the mission here is Abraham said, hey, 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 I'm getting old. Um, Isaac doesn't have a wife yet. This is bad because um, Isaac's supposed to have some kids. God said, I'm going to have descendants as, as many as the stars and the sand on the seashore. Well, guess what? If Isaac has no kids, I ain't having no, nothing to that. So he's like, this is an important mission. Isaac needs a wife. If Isaac doesn't have a wife, he ain't got no kids. I ain't got no grandkids. I don't got no stars. I don't got no sand. We need to find a wife like Pronto. And so he gives him the specs of who this lady needs to be. And it needs to be somebody in his family. And he lists out all, all the requirements. So who does he send to do it? His chief servant his most trusted, loyal servant that he had, who was over all of his stuff. He sends him to do this most important mission. So the servants ask God to show him the woman by certain things she will do, which this woman, Rebecca, fulfills in this passage. So Genesis twenty four fifteen, and we're gonna read a few verses here. I'm reading out of the New King James. And it says, and it happened before he finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethel, son of Milcah, the wife of Naor. Please don't name your kids any of those names. Please, please, please. Abraham's brother came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let down her pitcher to her hand and gave him a drink. 
And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. So we're going to break this down and we're going to dissect it into seven points of what a servant is or what a servant does or doesn't do. Okay, seven. Taking notes, you're going you're to write these down? All right, ready? Number one, a servant is willing. A servant is willing. She was willing to do this. She, it, willingness, this is more than just obedience, right? It's not just doing it, but it's how you do it. And that ties into faithfulness, right? Yeah. It's not just enough to take out the trash, but how do you take out the trash? It's not just enough to clean your room, right? But how you clean your room. It's not just enough to go to work, even be on time, but how you go to work, the kind of attitude you have, right? So she wasn't just willing, or she wasn't just obedient. She was also willing, willing. Number two, a servant doesn't complain. A servant doesn't complain. We're going to camp out here a little bit. Your most unfavorite one of all of these. We're going to stay here for a second. A servant doesn't complain. So let me just fill you in right now on how much work Rebecca did here. If anybody had a right to complain, it'd probably be her and Jesus. And then Joseph too, because Joseph kind of had a rough time in prison and all that. So servants don't complain. Let me tell you how much work she did here. The Bible says she went down to the well and came back up. Okay, so there was two types of wells back in those days. The one you've probably seen on TV and stuff where it's with a rope, you know, and a pulley, and you go down, and the, the bucket fills up with water, and then you pull it back up, and uh, you grab it, and you got your water, right? Well, there was a second type, and it wasn't like that type. The second type was where you had to go down into the well, 20 to 30 steps, with your pitcher, which is probably a five-gallon bucket, about that size. Get the water and walk back up the stairs, 20 to 30 steps. This was the kind of well this was, that well. So check this out. Um, like I said, the pitcher she had was a five-gallon bucket. Camels drink a lot of water. So her, his camels needed Water, so they were empty. So guess how much water a single camel drinks? Anybody wanna guess? No, 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 okay. 30 to 50 gallons is one camel. 30 to 50 gallons of water. Do you know how many camels this dude had? 10. 10, 10 camels. So let's just go on the low end saying they all needed 30 um, gallons of water. That's 300 gallons that she needed to get for those camels. How many trips is that? 60 trips. That doesn't even include the dude and his guy. I'm sure she only needed to get like maybe three of those for them. I don't know, maybe even more. But just for the camels themselves, she made at least 60 trips down the well 
and back up again. Wow. What is my excuse? (laughs) And she did it willingly. And she didn't what? Complain. Wow. I need to step it up. I would have been tired on round trip too. I've been like, oh, I need to get my rock gear on right now. <laughs> Rachel's been teasing me about because we've got Dick Sporting Goods. They got the rock line. I think I wear, I buy the stuff. I think it's going to make me buff. It doesn't. So, um, <laughs> but I definitely would have tried it out on this. You know, sixty trips, sixty trips. So the next time you feel like complaining about something, think about little old Rebecca. How she probably could beat you in arm wrestling. (laughs) Think about that. Internally, you're probably thinking, man, I don't know if I could have done that. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I could have done that. But she didn't complain. Point three, a servant excels. A servant excels. She went above and beyond in doing this. She didn't have to do this. Now, the, the Abraham servant asked for water for him, but did he ask for the camels? No. No. She went above and beyond. She went above and beyond. Point four. Moving quickly, because we got to get rolling here. A servant is swift. A servant is swift. I mean, just look at verse 20. So not only did she do this, She did it quickly. Look, it says, then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough. And what did she do? Ran back to the well to draw water and for the camels. So she didn't do it like dragging her feet like, man, poor old me. What did she do? She's like, She probably did it a lot more elegantly than that, but (laughs) quickly. She wasn't dragging her feet. Like sometimes when I walk, I drag my feet. My mom would get mad at me. Stop dragging your feet. Well, sorry, mom, I got big feet. She didn't drag her feet. She was quick. She was quick. See, it's not enough just to do it. We need to do it quickly, promptly, willingly, right? They all, these all flow together. Number five, a servant honors. A servant honors. Great book. Had the staff read it like a year ago. They've, I gave it to, uh, Pastor wanted all the leaders to read it too. They gave it to some of their people. One of the best books you could ever read is, an, is Honors Reward by John Bevere. Life-changing book. Strongly suggest you read it. Did I say that right? Yeah, I strongly suggest you read it. It's a great book. A servant honors. A servant honors. She definitely honored this servant by doing what she did, right? She made him feel like the most important person there. And he was an outsider. He didn't even live in that city. See, as a servant, you make the person you're serving feel like they're the most important person in the room. You don't walk in and be like, here I am, right, as pastor said. You walk into the room and say, there you are. How can I help you? How's your day going? Right? 
How can we help people? How can we help our brothers and sisters? How can we help each other? That's our heart, right? And I realize we all need help too, but if we're all being good servants, guess what? You're gonna be asked too, hey, what can I do for you? And, and that's your chance to, to say that. See, if we're all have this heart, nobody goes through the cracks. Nobody gets unloved. Nobody feels dishonored. Nobody, it, it's God's perfect system if we're faithful, if we're honorable, if we have the heart of a servant. Man, the things we could do. And we're coming up, right? Amen? What did I say? Servant honors, number six. This is pretty apparent, but just in case anybody missed it, a servant works hard. (laughs) I think it's pretty apparent that she worked hard, huh? She worked really hard that day. And you know what? The fact that she was able to do that shows me that she worked hard every day. She was in shape to be able to do something like that. That wasn't I don't think it was out of the norm for her to do something like that. Amen? All right, number seven, ready? Last one. A servant fulfills their destiny and doesn't quit. A servant fulfills their destiny and doesn't quit. Guess what? You know, because of this act of servanthood, this made her the grandmother of the 12 tribes of Israel the 12 sons of Israel, who later became the 12 tribes of Israel. Everybody's like, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. What about Rebecca? You wouldn't have no 12 tribes of Israel if it wasn't for her. If it wasn't for what she did. She is forever in the lineage now because of what she did. This propelled her to the greatest honor and authority This one act of servanthood. You never know when that one act of servanthood will change your life. I'm sure she wasn't expecting what what was about to happen by doing this. How she was going to get married to Isaac. She had no idea. You never know. Don't let those thoughts fester in you that be like, oh, this is not not worth it. This doesn't work. (laughs) All it takes is one time. And guess what? If you develop a lifetime, if you develop um, an attitude of servanthood, like I said at the beginning, there are doors of favor that can open up to you that you never even dreamed you could walk through. And I want that for you. I want Faith Heights Church, I want the people of Faith Heights Church to be the most favorable people on the planet. Amen? I mean, every time I've been up here, I've been preaching on it. I think we're like, this is the 10th message or something like that. I mean, I, I want this, the Lord wants this to get into you. Because with favor, <laughs> there's no wall that you can't run through. Amen. All right, in closing, I'm gonna give you the one sentence that was worth you getting up brushing your teeth, hopefully you brush your teeth, combed your hair for, this is it. Your number one job description in life is to be a faithful servant, period. You're like, what, what's my calling in life? What am I supposed to do? Number one, faithful servant, faithful servant. In that, 
you'll fulfill everything God has for you. Everything the Bible says we're supposed to do, everything he tells you you're supposed to do in your life, if you're a faithful servant, you will fulfill it all. And guess what? You won't quit either. Servants don't quit. How many of y'all been tempted to quit? (laughs) I think every hand should probably go up, right? Everybody's been tempted to quit. Everybody's been ready to throw in the towel. I like what John Bevere said, speaking of him. He said, you know, he was in his 20s and he was really tempted with, being, with quitting and like throwing in the towel, walking away from full-time ministry and, and all that. And he, he said, the Lord told him, he said, you don't quit because I'm not a quitter and you're not a quitter. You're my kid. You don't quit. You have me on the inside of you, right? Our God doesn't quit. He doesn't quit. He felt like quitting sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we got a little annoying. Sometimes it was like, ah, I probably should burn him up and start over. But he's like, nah, 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 nah. No, no, I got a plan. And I'm not going to quit. And I don't care how long it takes. It took thousands of years from the moment the fall happened with Adam and Eve to when Jesus redeemed us. That's, that's quite a long time, huh? That took patience. That took endurance. And that's what you have. You're not a quitter. So maybe you felt like quitting this week. I'm here to tell you, like a good coach, don't quit. You are not a quitter. I think pastor preached a message on this like six months ago or something on not quitting. We're not quitters. We're not quitters. Say, I'm not a quitter. Say it again. I'm not a quitter. Oh, one more time. I'm not a quitter. Amen. So if you are a faithful servant, check this out. God can trust you. God can trust you. We always talk about trusting God. What about when God can trust you? When God can trust you. Isn't that one of the most honorable things that could happen? is when God trusts you. Imagine the things you and him can do once he can trust you. Amen? All right, in closing, let's turn to 1 Timothy 3, 13. And I wanna, as you're turning there, I wanna say this to you, I wanna balance it out on the other end. Being a servant doesn't mean you let people run over you all day, (laughs) okay? I wanna make that clear. If you feel like you're in a situation like that, talk to God. Talk to close friends. Because maybe your situation does need to change. Or check this out. Maybe your perspective needs to change. Because sometimes it takes an outsider looking in to see if you're truly, uh, what's truly happening is, is how you're feeling, right? Sometimes either the situation needs to change or your perspective needs to change. Amen? So talk to God, talk to somebody if, that, if you feel like you're in that spot. Because God doesn't want you in that spot. But it's either going to take a situational change or a heart change. Amen? And I can't tell you that. You've you got to do the work, right? You've got to talk to God. And he, he desires to tell you, right? 1 Timothy 3.13, NIV, it says, those who have served, um, those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. I think that pretty much caps it off. Those who serve well gain an excellent standing. 
a good reputation, and a great assurance in their faith in Christ. I'd say that's favor. I'd say that's favor. And guess what? There's rewards for servanthood in this life, but there's definitely rewards for servanthood in the next life. And, I, and you need to keep that in your mind. Remember, this life isn't everything. You, you will live a lot longer in the next life. Try forever. So if, don't focus on this. Focus on what heaven says. Focus on what will happen then, too. There's favor in this life for sure, but man, we don't even know the amount of favor that's in the next life. The rewards that will be handed out for this. And I'm telling you that just to get you excited and to tell you that you're not a quitter. Don't quit. God loves you. He trusts you. And he believes in you. Question is, do you believe in yourself? I believe in you. God believes in you. And I believe you can do great things for the kingdom. Amen? Hallelujah. You excited you came to church today? How many of you are going to have a heart of a servant? How many of you are going to be a faithful servant? Me. Me too. All right, let's stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father God, right now, we just lift you up. We thank you for the word that was brought forth. Lord, I pray that this word would touch their hearts of the people in here and those watching online and those that will watch this in the future on the archives or listen to it in the future on a podcast. Lord, I thank you that you've equipped us to not be quitters. I thank you that you've equipped us to be a faithful servant. I thank you that you've equipped us to love our neighbor. I thank you that you have equipped us to fulfill our destiny. I thank you, Lord. I called an honor and a privilege that you would have us be servants of you, Father. Not just children of God, but servants of God. Servants of our brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you became the greatest servant of all by by forsaking what you had in heaven to come down to earth as a servant, submit your will totally to the will of the Father and die for us on the cross. We thank you it's because of that sacrifice that we can have eternal access into heaven, that heaven is our home and that we can live a life of favor on this planet for empowering us with your grace to fulfill our destiny because of what you did. Oh, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. You can stay in an attitude of prayer, but I just want to take a moment here. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know if heaven is your home, well, I'm, I'm encouraged to tell you today that today is your day. You can start living the life of a servant. You can start living a life of favor. Man, and we need all the favor we can get in this life. (laughs) Amen? We need all the favor we can get. So I never want the service to be closed. We never want the service to be closed without 
giving um, each and every person who's not born again the opportunity to be born again. To say, heaven is my home and Jesus is my Lord. So I'm asking a moment to raise your hand if that's you. And if you're watching online and you've never made Jesus your Lord, I want you to raise your hand too. Either type in the chat, raise, I'm raising my hand, or put a little hand raise emoji. (laughs) Because every life matters to the Lord. Jesus said he leaves the 99 to go after the one. The one is just important to him as the 99. So if that's you and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't know if heaven's your home, I want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise your hand. Online, I want you to raise your hand as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I want to take another second and I want to pray a prayer. For those of you who raised your hand, to accept Jesus as as Lord and as Savior. Amen. So why don't you repeat after me? Say, Father God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, you are my Lord, and I declare you are my Savior. I believe on the third day God raised you from the dead for me so that I could be with you forever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, there's salvations that happen beyond this moment too. Um, I think a lot of times we leave the salvation part on all of our messages, on our archives. So we don't even really know how many people even after this point get born again and saved. And you know why? It's because we have a lot of faithful servants in here. Faithful servants who give of their time and of their money, of their substance. It's because of all of us together that the gospel is going to be preached to the ends of the world. Amen? Are you happy to be here? Amen. Me too. I'm glad you came out here. I'm glad you came. Are you glad you came? Are you going to be a faithful servant from now on? And guess what? Say you mess up tomorrow. You're like, man, I wasn't really that faithful servant the old Dominic was telling them about. Um, We got the blood of Jesus. Just admit it. Hey, God, I blew it. I plead the blood. I'm moving on. Thank you for forgiving me. That's it. But you got to admit it, right? And I believe in you and God believes in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 